my first step ever ninjas my friends today is going to be a very insightful talk because today we are going to answer some of those questions that why maybe an employer during your interview didn't seem that interested or maybe why that date on the other day wasn't really impressed it all comes down to communication but what sort of communication gets you through I am Ishani Nigam, your host, a recent graduate from the University of Melbourne, streaming from Australia. I help businesses, entrepreneurs in this post-COVID world to reach their target audience through engaging and intriguing audiovisual content. But over here, I help you, aspiring leaders, students from all across the globe, to take your first step towards your goal. This season. With taking your first step ever, there's also a bit of twist to it. We will be discussing something very important in taking your first step, which is you. It's all about you, your abilities and your internal environment that takes you to the first step. So my friends, get ready and get started for an engaging and really informative season where I engage with accomplished people who have taken their first step but the way to the first step has been building their inner capabilities and that is what we are going to unleash this season so if you are interested to take that first step in whatever profession you want to at wherever place you are right now then get ready for this season Join me in welcoming Dr. AJ Minai all the way from Malaysia. Dr. AJ Minai is the brand storyteller leader in the Asian market. Please join me in welcoming Dr. AJ. Dr. AJ Minai has been on TED Talks for Generation X and Z, which is you and your friends maybe for multiple times he's been a TEDx speaker, he's been on the Forbes Council and he's also an advisor at Howard Business Review, that's a long list. I'm forgetting all all. Okay. So, <laughs> to start with the first question that I have uh, for you, AJ. I see that storytelling right. is a technique that really hooks on people in whatever area in your life you are in. But I also know that right. sort of started off with a very rocky note in you, when you were growing up. Uh, I see that you bullied and things were not that great. You had your mother who had a very intent hearing she used to give you, like she used to always listen to what the stories that you used, used to come up with a cook up. So I wanted to uh, want you to maybe take our listeners through that, how this technique of storytelling developed over the period of time. Sure. I'll, I'll try to keep it as succinct as possible. Um, but basically there are three steps to towards effective storytelling and three steps to becoming more effective as a storyteller. Um, step one is, of course, you understand the value of, as a person, you understand the value that in order to be a truly effective storyteller, you need to be able to understand how important it is to not always, always focus on being right in any conversation or argument or debate, but to be focused more so on being kind, right? It's, it's very, it's very important because 
storytellers by their DNA are people who are very, I would say, empathetic. At least the best storytellers in the world, the ones that we really look up to, the ones that we read books off, the ones that we remember, the storylines and the films we watch where the stories stay with us, they're all coming from a part of empathy. They're all coming from and stemming from empathy. And as a person, if you are highly focused on always winning an argument or always winning a conversation, you would spend more time always thinking about what to say as opposed to truly being able to listen to other people and listen to their stories. An effective storyteller isn't someone who's great at communicating only their own agendas. They're also great at communicating everyone else's agendas. They're all about we, not me. So that's step one, right? Understand the value first and unclog your own ego. Unclogging your own ego is very important. You need to unlearn the need to always be right. That was step one. And step two is understanding that you are, your words have always to be intended to make people feel something as opposed to merely think about it, right? Always be very, very purposeful and choose the words you're about to say in any moment, not just to get someone to think about what you're talking about, but to feel something about what you're talking about. It's a very big difference. People would ask me often, what's the difference, AJ? I was like, you know, there is a big difference. If you speak with the right core, in your body, if you speak from the right place. And it comes not just from your mind exclusively or from your heart, but you're putting in both. You're using both in that moment and you have the right energy. Believe me, it makes a huge difference. The same sentence can be said by two different people at the same time. And the recipients listening to that sentence can feel something completely different, even though the sentence that was said was exactly formulated the same way with the same words. But the way you say it, the gesticulation, the intonation, the energy, and your core from which it's coming from, right? The energy that you're dispelling when you say it makes a huge difference. So step one is, of course, relieving your ego out on the door and understand that it's not always about proving people right by telling them a story. It's about proving to them that there's still hope and there's still kindness in businesses, in organizations, in conversations, amongst people, right? Because that's what really storytelling is about. Storytelling is about being able to personify hope, right? Step one. Step two, learning that every word that you choose to say in any moment has to be intentionally designed to make others feel something and not just think about it right? That's when you'll become memorable as a storyteller and a communication specialist as well, right? And the third thing, which is kind of obvious, but a lot of people kind of forget it, is take the time to spend, spend time listening more than talking, right? Listen more than talk, right? And it goes a little bit deeper than just a simple simple suggestion of spend 80% of your time listening and 20% of your time talking. I'm talking about reactive listening versus proactively listening, right? There's a big difference. When I'm speaking to someone, if they are, if, and, and then they, they say something back to me, 
and I'm in the excited mode to keep talking, then many a times in any conversation, we're not truly listening to the other person's responses. What we're doing is we're waiting for them to finish so that we can continue talking again. And that is reactive listening. You're not actually listening to what the person's saying. You're just giving them an excuse to talk, but you're not taking in anything they're saying. You're just finding another pause between their words for you to jump in and respond again. That's the worst type of listening because you'll never become a phenomenal storyteller. And forget about a storyteller. I think storyteller is the evolution of a really great speaker. I think in, in my mind, beyond a good speaker is an effective storyteller, right? I think it's an evolution. It's a step up because everyone that we look up to, whether it's Richard Branson, whether it's Gary Vee, whether it's, whether it's, uh, you know, some, some captain of industry that we look up to, whether it's Grant Cardone, whether it's Warren Buffet, all of them can lend a huge amount of their success with their ability to communicate with their ability to effectively use stories, use wisdom in their own life and from the life that they've gained by interacting with others and sharing that in an engaging manner. That is actually the definition of a storyteller, right? But in order for you to build up the knowledge to be an effective storyteller, that means you need to spend time listening to other people's stories, not just yours, because then you'll just end up being someone who loves to talk about themselves. You know what I mean? That, that's not what the world needs. The world needs a holistic mind, set of minds that come together to create leadership through hope, through kindness, through servant leadership, through non-political agenda and furthering of progress. And all of these things will come from an unbiased mind that's willing to listen to people's opinions, their stories, their abilities, and gauge them for what they are gauge them for what they are on benchmarks that go beyond bias of color, race, politics, country, et cetera, et cetera, right? So these are the three things that I'd like to just sort of share as an overview that would essentially, that essentially were part of my childhood that started out in my childhood from very young. For example, I can marry the lesson of kindness over being right in every conversation with my own mother. My mom didn't shoot me down. When I used to come back and tell her the tallest tales, the most craziest stories, and she would just listen and not just listen, but act like she believed me, act like she was interested in my stories. It gave me the confidence to become more of a storyteller. It gave me a confidence to continue telling my stories. Imagine what would have happened if my mom always wanted to be logically right about that situation. If she always wanted to go, oh, you know, these stories are unbelievable. It's impossible that one of your friends fell off the balcony this afternoon and then by the later in the evening, he was okay. You know, she wouldn't ever correct me. She wouldn't ever correct me. She would let me talk as a child and tell her all the imaginative, whimsical stories that I could come up with. And I love my mom because of that, because she never shot me down. And that was the beginning of my journey as a storyteller. It's very important that people understand the value of that. So anyways, that's, that's one way of how these three elements have definitely helped me become more an effective storyteller. And I hope it does the same for listeners.
I'm absolutely sure about that. I'm very intrigued about these three steps that you have shared today. And a few things that I can, that I can take away, especially when you were saying about the reactive listening as compared to you know, proactive listening. I read about this a few years ago, and that's what it clicked to me. I am being a reactive listener. And when you say so, uh, I can think of how I have been communicating with people before and how by just acknowledging and accepting the fact that yes this has been this has been happening and changing my approach to a proactive listener has really helped me out while I'm, I'm in a professional conversation or I'm in a personal conversation so thank you for really pinpointing out what exact issues you know people face and why some people are able to make that impression while communicating and while others need some bit of push and to refine yeah. themselves. And I'm sure right. the graduates who are listening to us today and students across the globe, I'm happy that you're listening to this conversation right now because being a good, being a good listener is so important because that is when you can yeah. pick up things from, you know, you can build on from what other is saying, some phrases or maybe some instances that can connect with your experiences and the conversation can bloom further. From where I see it, storytelling is a very creative aspect. It is a mindset. Right. I mean, you have to dig in deep in your creative mind. How did you marry it with business? How, right. how does that help you so that our even our listeners can understand how can it help in the professional setting? Right, right. That's a really good question. So the reality is today, brands have become people and people have become brands, right? Um, that is a reality that you can't run away from today. And that is the reason why people like Gary Vaynerchuk are so, so successful, right? The, the idea that every person that's walking on the planet right now has the potential of being their own singular brand based on their name without having to depend on a crutch, without it being, for example, a million dollars in their bank account or a fancy car they drive or a big mansion they live in or anything else. but the reality is, is that you don't need a crutch anymore. With social media and the digital age that we live in, people can become content creators and every company should be a media company. It doesn't matter which industry you're in. Every company needs to become a media company because believe me, people trust people. They don't trust a corporate entity. They follow and they they enjoy Gary's content online. But then that also means that because they trust Gary and they follow him, it also means that it'll be a lot easier to convince them to sign a proposal at VaynerMedia. You know what I mean? Because they trust Gary and they follow that person, they enjoy the, the, their stories, they enjoy what they communicate, they enjoy what they stand for, and they trust them as a result of that. That means that in the future, if I'm a CEO who follows Gary and then I were to one day have an encounter where Vayner Media, amongst different agencies, Vayner Media is the name of Gary V's agency. Yeah. Vayner Media were to pitch me. Who do you think I would be more inclined to choose? It definitely plays on your psychology, doesn't it? Okay. Right. Um, if I'm a huge fan of Richard Branson and I have to choose between Flying Virgin and Air Asia, which one do you think I'll choose? You know what I mean? So, you know, and similarly, if I'm a bigger fan of Tony Fernandez, I choose maybe AirAsia instead of, you know, Virgin. But my point is, is that this one statement needs to sink in to, to, to the CEO all the way down to the janitor, right? It doesn't matter 
which position you hold in the, in the company. What really matters is you understand that the power of storytelling allows you to become a more effective brand. When I say an effective brand, what is, what is it that you measure about a brand to show, showcase that it's effective? There's this one word that I love using, and it's the one word that I use in my function and my role in all of my client relationships, as well as my own companies, memorability. A brand's effectivity or effectiveness comes from this one word, memorability. How often and how deeply you can remember that brand. I'll give you an example. Nike. I can say Nike to you. I can say Nike to a guy in Africa. I can say Nike to a girl in Belarus and all of them would know Nike. That's an effective brand because all of them remember it. I say it, they remember it. And that is the, that is the benchmark, the yardstick that almost every brand in the world will measure itself against memorability. That's the criteria, right? Now, if you're talking about how is it that storytelling connects with brands, connects with businesses to your question, it is the means and the medium to maximize your memorability, to maximize the effectiveness of your brand, whether it's a corporate brand, XYZ company, private limited, or it's AJ and I as a person, your personal or professional brand, super, a superpower to accelerate your ability to stand out and differentiate yourself in an ocean of influencers, in an ocean of company competitors is by using the power of storytelling. And that in turn increases your chances of heading a higher criteria of that one thing that we just talked about, memorability. The more memorable you are, which goes back to my second point in the first question you brought up, it is all about being able to effectively communicate things so that you don't just get people to think, but you get them to feel, right? People can forget everything they can forget everything, but they'll never forget how you made them feel or how something made them feel. They'll forget the name. They'll forget the actor's name. They'll forget the movie's name. They'll forget all of it, but they'll never forget that moment where they felt something, right? And that is very, very powerful. And brand owners, whether you're a CEO of a multinational company or you're a one-man solopreneur, Everyone needs to understand that people become brands and brands become people. And the more that you build that trust currency online as a personal brand, the more and the bigger favor that you'll be doing to your corporate brand that you represent as an employee or employer as well. And trust equals revenue today, right? Trust gained online equals revenue in your bottom line as well. And that's really important. So that's how it connects memorability. And that's why I call myself the chief memorability officer in a lot of the ventures I'm in. And you certainly are, because I think that's very synonymous to uh, for students, graduates, young leaders right now, if they are into a project, what they're really doing is putting themselves out there, even if it's on a social media, I mean, even on media like LinkedIn, when people say they've right. got a personal brand, this is a very important aspect of it too. As you just mentioned, I'm just quoting your words to make them, people will remember how you make them feel. So if you're sitting yep. in an interview room and being interviewed, they will, you can always have an upper hand if you can be yourself, you present your brand and have that effect on them as 
Dr. AJ just mentioned. I think there are some amazing tips that you have shared with us, and I'm sure that people who are listening to us would definitely be able to incorporate within their life that they are leading right now and get to the goal that they are looking for. I also want to discuss this a very a different sort of a topic more than you know uh, right. going ahead with business because I think. A lot, of, a lot of things happen in our external environment. To keep going, our internal environment should be very strong. So you help people with coaching, life leadership. What has been your top three things which has kept your mind, body and soul so strong from within that whatever happens in the external environment, you're still able to you know, pass through those challenges? Again, really good questions, Ishani. I'm really enjoying myself. I mean, I can share a few, I can share a few perspectives, but I'm hoping that people listening in would understand that obviously there is no formula in life. So number one, the number one rule that I have in my life is not everything is in your control. In fact, a lot of the things that you do feel, a lot of the times you feel like you're in control, it's merely an illusion. Um, You aren't in control. Most of the time you're actually never in control. Um, you feel like you're in control. That's the illusion that we tell ourselves because we're tangible beings and we want everything around us to be tangible. We want to measure things. We want to KPI things. We want to make sense of everything. But the truth is people are afraid of what's inside of them. That's what I realized. I realized that a lot of people would rather look, would rather find the answers to the biggest problems of their lives in someone or something else, but failing to understand that the solutions they're looking for are within themselves, right? They're there and people are afraid to look at what's inside of them, you know, because they can't control it. They don't know what's there. They haven't, you know, people talk about, oh, we've only explored 5% of the ocean. There's so much more out there in the ocean. Oh, we've explored less than 1% of space. Oh, we've done that. We've done this. And I'm usually sitting there going, how much of yourself have you explored? How much of yourself as a being? Because you're, you're, you yourself have the, 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 the life force. You, one man or one woman has the ability to change the world. I believe that in my core. I really do. And we see it everywhere, everywhere we go. We see stories of people that did immense things beyond the logical capacity of, of a human being. They do amazing things with their minds, with their bodies, with their souls, and they leave behind legacies that are huge, giant legacies. But they were simply men and women made up of the same flesh and blood and bone as we are. How did that happen? What drove those people to do that? How did they, how did they become superhuman in our eyes? What did they do? What did they have that we didn't have? The answer is nothing. They just had the courage to look inwards. They had the courage to spend time letting the noise in their head, in their heart, in their mind, talk to them. They didn't block it out with external distractions. They didn't block it out with distractions and voices and people around them. You know, because that's the problem, Ishani. The problem is everybody wants you to listen to them, not to you. You don't, they don't want you to listen to them, to yourself. They want you to listen to them. But we also live in a world of instant gratification where everything is on our fingertips. We want to know something, we Google it. You know, we want to eat something, we Uber it, right? We want to live somewhere, we Airbnb it. Everything moves so fast, but 
we're all moving so fast in this new world of ours that maybe we don't take the time to slow down and sit down and understand that let's stop fixing everything around us that's broken. Let's fix what's inside of us that's broken. People don't spend enough time doing that anymore. I truly believe that this perspective has given me the ability to underline, to, to basically fail, fail willingly. I'm okay with it. When I try something new, I'm all right. I'm all right if success doesn't happen because I'm not in control of everything. Do I know that I gave it my best shot? Yeah, I know. I know that I gave it my best shot. I want to sleep easy at night. So I know that I put in my all into it. But if it still doesn't work out, then I'm not going to spend even a minute or a second regretting that I did that. I'm going to try as many new things as possible all the time. I'm going to challenge myself. And if things work out, good for me. If they don't work out, I'll just keep trying harder, right? The, the truth is, eventually everybody gets what they want. The only catch is, is that you don't get it when you want it. You get it when you deserve it. Everybody gets what they want, you know, but they just don't have the patience to wait for the right time for it to come along. Most people in life, they want something now. And this is the, this is the, the product, the byproduct of living in a world of instant gratification. Because we feel like if we want to know something, we just Google it. And I got it in two seconds. Now I want to get a high flyer job with seven figures. I want to become the next Elon Musk. I want to do this. I want to do that. I should also be able to do it like this. So I'm going to do it quick, but that doesn't work. That's not how it is in life, right? That's why as a, as a, as a segue to this question that you asked, I would like to share one thing that you haven't asked me. And I would like to share that with audiences, particularly the younger audiences that are graduates looking to get into the job market moving forward. You know, a lot of us think that our success now relies on how effectively we can build up a following online. And many people, many young people today, often mistake their success by becoming the next TikTok influencer or becoming a huge vlogger or becoming an effective LinkedIn influencer, you know, or whatever you, you whatever platform you choose. But I do want to share that there is a social dilemma here. We're all really connected, but disconnected at the same time. We're all connected truly through wires, through networks, to local area networks, to wide area networks, to satellites. We're connected, but we're really not connected in a way that really matters anymore, which is spending time with each other without the need to WhatsApp one another or meeting people that matter in your life, going out of your way to talk to strangers, to see how things are, right? Building conversation, having that unpredictability in your life to struggle for certain things, right? Your profile, your profile online is not a reflection of your offline success. And I want people to remember that. Because often what happens is people spend so much of time branding themselves online and they've got a list of accomplishments. They look amazing as a profile, but when they come in for a job interview, they're not even able to say one relevant, integral, you know, critical aspect of the thing that allows the employer to feel that they really are the person that claims to be on that profile. You know, they go on a profile, they see a CV, they see a LinkedIn account, but when that person shows up, they, they, just, they just let themselves down and they let that person down because they've spent so much of time building up that hype online, but they haven't taken the time to truly build a substance offline. 
So your competencies, your skills, your storytelling, your ability to connect with people, all of that offline matters just as much as how awesome your TikTok following is online, just how awesome your, your LinkedIn content is online. And that's great that you've touched upon that particular you know, question that I never had in my mind. From, from what I understand, it's more like doing the hard work behind the scenes uh, as what you're trying to show on on the screen so it's more like taking the actual actions that you're trying to you know show on the screen that this is what you're all about so that is very very important at times i also used to you know think if i'm posting this thing does it really mean something to me if i am the person if this post is for a person like me what have I done that it will make sense to that person? So it should be uh, backed by actions is what I have understood from uh, what you just mentioned. And thank you so much, AJ, for being on my podcast, My First Step Ever. A lot of people spend a lot of time trying to find answers in their life when what they should really be doing is focusing on right, asking the right questions. Going to a guru that promises you that by taking their course, you'll make a million dollars or talking to someone that's willing to give you a free ebook. Uh, and all you have to do is play shipping charges. You need to ask yourself whether you're a gen, a gen Z or a gen Y or a gen X or a baby boomer, you need to ask yourself as you live in this digital world, why would someone who's a millionaire want to make other people a millionaire? Why would they want to tell people how to make a million? If you are a millionaire or a billionaire, would the best use of your time and your biggest priority be to go out there and tell other people how to make millions and billions? Think about it. Does it really make sense? Right now, you know, people telling you, Oh, if you download this free ebook and all you got to do is pay for shipping, but this ebook is going to tell you seven different ways to reach success in 24 hours. Do you really think that the book is going to help you? It might help you with some perspective, but is there anything in that book that you don't really know already by simply living life? So the key to life is not finding a guru or AJ or Ishani or someone else that, that can give you an answer. Nobody else has the answer to your life. The answer to your life is in your hands. And you're going to start experiencing the amazing aspects of your own life by doing. Less thinking, more doing. Throw yourself into all sorts of situations and fail fast because eventually then you'll succeed over and over again. Exactly. That, that is the most powerful uh, quote or a thought I think that uh, the guest speaker has left us with. And this is what my first step ever podcast is all about, which is just two words helping you do two things. Two words that says take action. So thank you, Dr. AJ Minai, for being on my first step ever. It was great chatting with you today. Please follow us on Spotify, Google, or Apple Podcast. Also, if you have any comments, you'd like to give any feedback, or if you really like to listen to someone, please follow us on Instagram, my first step ever underscore IN, and let me know. And before I take a leave, I would like to say, start believing in yourself. And most importantly, keep believing in yourself. I am Ishani Nigam, your host for my first step ever signing off for this week and eagerly waiting to have you and our next speaker again for the next week. See you.